Welcome to Senior Times Travel Pod, in association with Travel Department. My name's Conrad O'Hagan, and you're welcome to Travel Pod, a new podcast from Senior Times presented in association with Travel Department, Ireland's experts in guided travel since 1996. Over the coming weeks, we'll be immersing ourselves in any and all aspects of travel, from city breaks to walking holidays via culture tours, long haul, short haul, and everything in between. We'll be talking to the experts, people who've been there, seen that, and bought the souvenirs. In this, our first episode, Murray Robinson talks to author, broadcaster, and travel journalist Michelle Walsh Jackson about river cruises. And then I'll be meeting Claire Doherty of Travel Department to find out what makes the company tick how it got to where it is, and where to next. Ready? Let's go. Take it away, Mairead. After a cold, dark Irish winter, our thoughts invariably turn to sunshine and travel. And today we're going to talk about probably the most luxurious travel option out there, river cruising. It was certainly my idea of a perfect holiday, cruising through Europe's back garden and stopping off for tours of cities like Vienna, Munich, Budapest, all the while enjoying fabulous food and boutique luxury on board. My guest today can tell us a lot more. A well-known writer and broadcaster, Michelle Walsh-Jackson, has returned from one of the travel department's European river cruises, the popular Danube River Cruise. So, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. It's lovely to be here. Tell me, Michelle, how was the cruise? I just think there is nothing more soothing than sitting on the deck with surrounded by beautiful mountains with a glass of wine in hand, just soaking up where you are and traveling while you are taking in beautiful scenery. And, you know, the beauty of cruising Marade is you unpack once and you wake up every day in a different place. Exactly. And this is the thing that I really love about cruising. And, you know, the difference between a river cruise, it's at a much calmer pace than the usual larger cruise ships that do large circuits of the Mediterranean or Mm. the Baltic. And, you know, there's a real sense of being in touch with the places that you see and that you stop off at. So that's one of the things that really strikes me about river cruising. Yeah, very, very much so. It's completely different, as you say, to the the ocean cruises, which are Mm. huge. These are far more boutique, aren't they? The lovely thing is there's only about 180 people on board or 150, depending on the cruise and on the ship. And they're about less than 200 metres long, about 12 metres wide. They're they're not that big. So, you know, your cabin, you're not going to be traipsing all around the ship to get to your um, dining facilities or your leisure, other leisure facilities. Oh, exactly. Actually, talk about dining and leisure. Um, The food, fabulous. Well, do you know what struck me at Maraid was I loved the way they mix up the menus. And, uh, you know, like when we were in Budapest, they gave us chicken paprika, which, of course, is a very famous Hungarian dish. And we had lovely dessert of Black Forest Gatto when we were leaving Passau and, you know, that, that first night. And I remember thinking, gosh, there's a lot of thought put into into these cruises where you really get the flavour and the essence of the place that you you travel to. I once did this some years back, and what I remember most was Vienna. I was with my daughter, my teenage daughter, and we went to the opera in Vienna, and it was just unforgettable. We both wore black dresses. We sat there, 
spine tingling music and like I would never normally um, be able to get to something like that. Tell me about about the different places you stopped off and the tours that you got, because the the, the river cruise does actually include um, a few tours, doesn't it? Our hands were held from the moment we went to the airport because the lovely Mark, um, uh, it was a lovely English guy, was our guide for the entire duration of the of the trip. And, you know, he he brought us then we, we'd be, usually have a coach at our um, um, facility or if if some in some stops like Melk Abbey, we'd simply just walked up to the beautiful Baroque um, Abbey. But there was always someone there to show you around, to yes. help you, to get the best out of your time there. Because it's really important we are getting a taster. And, you know, you had such a lovely time in Vienna, um, right? I did too. But, you know, it, it gives you an idea for maybe we'll come back there for a weekend sometime. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's so much value in a river cruise because you get to really sample so much. But it, the lovely thing is the guides with Travel Department are all people from the area because I've been on several trips with them. I was in them. Um, in Naples um, and did a lovely Amalfi uh, tour with them. But, you know, all the, the local guides, they're genuinely people from the air. So they, they cut out all the noise and, the and you know, the, the places you don't need to see. And you get to see really the heart of the story. Like in Budapest, you know, it's just a beautiful city. It's divided in two. You get to see two cities on the one day. Oh, Buda, Buda on the west. Yes. Buda on the west bank, Pest on the east bank. Right. And, you know, you the whole you've got the, the more ancient um side of the histor- history of Budapest up in Buda uh, you've got Dracula's house you've got uh, where of course Houdini was from there's a special museum to him there the fisherman's bastion is one of the best views I just think in Europe looking down over the Danube and the, that fantastic parliament building you know it's a beautiful kind of modernist gothic um very similar actually to the houses of parliament in london but it's stunningly beautiful and then you've got the you have the remains of of the iron curtain where you've got this beautiful liberty statue standing tall i think it's about 14 meters high <clears throat> above the um uh, above the city but what really struck me Marie, was when we were leaving um after our gorgeous day in budapest you know the the, the music was put on up on deck the entire city was just flooded with these beautiful little twinkly lights. And we were able to look back up at the Liberty statue and be able to, to see the Fisherman's Bastion. And and again, a glass of wine in hand, it always is nice. They were playing beautiful music. And at that lovely, easy pace, traveling up the river, you could really soak in the views. And, you know, it, it's a different perspective, I always think, when you come to a place from water. And if you drive into it, say, you really get a sense of place, I think, when you're when you're on the water. So that lovely pace kind of carries you through every step of the way. And it wasn't it's perfectly planned, you know, to have experiences like that. Uh, If you were to go and stay in Budapest on your own, you know, you'd probably be paying for an extra to do a river cruise at night to have that experience. But it's all there, you know, included. It's absolutely fabulous. One thing I think is marvellous that the, uh, the travel department are doing is they have some solo cruises. Because there would be there would be a certain amount of people, particularly around our demographic and senior times, who might be traveling on their own. And everybody hates this old single supplement thing the whole time. So Absolutely. I think the idea of the solo cruise, now that fascinated me because I think that's going to be very, very popular because the well, as you say, the guests are so well looked after, and yet you have your own cabin and you're not paying through the nose. It is super. And next year, they actually have um, a specific solo cruise. Travel department have one to Egypt, where you start off in Cairo and you travel down down the Nile. 
and it's 2,999 and it, you know it's a 12 night cruise and this is full board and half board it's you're totally catered for it's an incredible experience I'm actually recently just back from Cairo and um it is, it is as exotic as you can get, I think, without having to go too far. You're still you're walking around the old town of Cairo. It's like being, it's like being back in biblical times. And they have some direct flights to Cairo as well, which is brilliant. Yeah. The Egypt Air have started four times a week. And um, every step of the way, Travel Department do try to make things easiest as possible for the client and that's why it, it, I can't express it enough how well you will be looked after. And that's particularly important as I say for people who are traveling on their own the solo travelers. Travel department have the solo one to, um, to uh, on the Danube as well they've, they've one coming up later this year which I think is going to be very popular but Egypt as well I mean I love the Egypt one because you've got seven nights cruising and then you've you're on land as well go and see the pyramids and trip of a lifetime I'd say. Oh, absolutely. It's it's one of those iconic kind of bucket list trips that exactly. you really could treat yourself to. And perhaps your other half or your person you normally travel with doesn't want to um, go here. Well, why should you be denied? And the lovely thing is you'll meet other solo travellers and, exactly. you know, make make lifelong friendships. You know, there's something That's really true. lovely about, about that. You know, the people you meet and who you experience this, these wonderful adventures with. Um, yeah, Cairo, I just think is is a really nice place to go in a group because people can be a little bit anxious going to places like the Middle East and that kind of wonder, oh, what if there's, you know, security issues? There will be no concern about that when you're traveling um, with a group like this. No, I think that's excellent. And it's going to be very encouraging for people. Actually, I was talking to a friend of mine, Marion herself. She's herself and her sister, both in the 60s. And they like their bit of culture. They have no problem paying for it. But when I was talking to her about river cruises, she did the Paris one a couple of years ago because she loved that all of Paris and the culture and the wine tasting and everything. But she said it was absolutely fabulous. I was talking about uh, the Danube, but she had done the same. Absolutely. You know, you, you stop off in cities like Rouen and Enfleur. And I don't know if you've been to Enfleur, Marais, but I think it's one of the prettiest towns in France. It's on the Normandy coast. All little cobble streets where you kind of little winding streets, really ancient houses, nearly like from a fairy tale in a Disney yes. movie. They're so pretty. And you'll get best crepes and of course the fabulous cider. And it's it's just one of the prettiest towns I've ever I've been to in France. And um, you'll also then I think on that tour go to the uh, the D-Day beaches of Normandy. That's and right. lots That's of right. great history on that and then of course one of my favorites you know be, being being an art teacher in a past life I uh I just love Monet who doesn't love Claude Monet's beautiful course, paintings yes. well this tour you get the opportunity to stop off in his beautiful gardens in Giverny you know where, where he painted all those fabulous water lily large scale pieces that are now you know in the Musée d'Orsay and mm-hmm. and all over the world in different museums so I think this is really a, a really special cruise for an art lover someone who likes you know, nice French food as well. It's ideal for someone who enjoys that and who doesn't love Paris. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie. Doro, make friends with innovation.
And I definitely think that with all the fuss around traveling and airports and all the rest of it, do we actually to do a river cruise is just the most relaxed way possible to travel, isn't it? Everything is taken care of you. And, yes. and these days you don't want to have to think because there, there have been everybody's been through enough stresses. Indeed. So this is the great thing about enjoying, you know, and, and it is luxury, Maraid, you know, uh, the dining facilities and the bar with their entertainment. There's always entertainment at night, too. And um, that's oh. when you're not on an excursion and, you know, other things happening. The big sea cruises that were very popular with with our demographic, they have got so huge. You've hundreds, thousands of people and you can get a bit lost in that. And you're trying to find your cabin and there are 14 floors in the lift, you know, that's yeah. that can be a bit daunting. And I think because it's it's boutique and bijou and as you say, you're so well looked after and there's a good staff passenger ratio there as well. I think it's just um, the, the least stressful travel and holiday that I can think of. Oh, yes, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, I do I do love the, the, the larger cruise ships. They're great for three generation holidays, you know, when yes. you've got whole families. But when you want to just kind of sneak off and really be indulgent, I think the river cruising is the way to go. Well, mm-hmm. I, uh, the, the travel department looking at the website, as you say, they've got quite a few. Egypt is fascinating. The, the Mekong River, I thought, wow, now that would be amazing. And that's on my bucket list, um, yeah, Raid. I haven't too. been, I haven't been to Vietnam, and no, it's kind of I'm ashamed neither. of myself as a travel writer not to have been to, to, to Vietnam because it's somewhere I really would love to go to. Um, but I do love the the, the Far East, um, Thailand, Malaysia. You know, the, the food is always great in in these great, places. Yes. Yeah, it's so and it's kind of healthy and natural, and you're not kind of eating lots of desserts. Yes. <laughs> but uh, but but uh, but you know, of course. Uh, you will always have lovely choices. I mean, the dining facilities, at least three course meal, if not four, every mm-hmm. time we dined and um, on the Danube cruise. And I do remember that, you know, there's always a fish option, a meat option and yes. vegetarian. So everybody's catered for. And that is that's very important, too. You know, yeah. and they will, if you have this particular need and, you, and they get to know you. Mia, the lovely um, the lovely waitress on, on my cruise, she knew I had a poncho for desserts and she always used to sneak me an extra one if I liked it. <laughs> Particularly, you know, you get to know your staff, the staff uh, on, the, on the on these cruises, which is lovely. It is great. And, and as you say, it's great that you're so looked after and it's safe. And it's, um, I think it's the luxury of it because, Getting back to the food, and food is always a big part of a holiday, um, this serious quality. It's not like, you know, when you have um, buffets, often it can be fairly basic and the same thing and the salad bars, you know, it's the same thing every night. I think the quality of the food would take people by surprise. I totally agree. And the uniqueness of having a different dish that reflects the place that you're staying um, also, you know, is is an important factor. The whole pace that you travel at and that you can go up these little narrow um, parts of the river where you can see into people's back gardens and you can see their yes. vegetable gardens and everything. And it's just you think to yourself, goodness, I, I could know. How could I ever be somewhere like this? I mean, how can I? You wouldn't get like that if you were flying well, no, and you'd have to go out of the way. You'd have to drive to these small little um, lesser known towns. Yes. Whereas, you know, if there's if there I remember there was a festival going on in one of the one of the towns in the Wakau Valley and the Wakau Valley is, is great for wine as well. So yes. we were passing through 
these beautiful terrace vineyards all around us. The colours were spectacular. And, and it's quite different, you know, what you see during the morning time compared to like the evening time as the sun is setting. Your, your environment is, it, it's ever changing. And as you go from country to country, you know, the architecture changes so dramatically. Bratislava was fascinating, actually, because, again, that was one of the, the capital cities that was behind the Iron Curtain. And um, it was like this modern spaceship type um, tower hanging over the bridge as we went under it and went in. Very charming old town. And what really surprised me at Maraid was, you know, it was like two euros, one euro fifty for a glass of wine, two euros oh for goodness. a beer. Yeah. It's it's no wonder it's so popular with, with hens and stags. But but it's actually it doesn't it's not overrun with them. It doesn't it still is a very quaint uh, town, mm. very easy to walk around. Again, we got a full tour of the history, history of it. And there was a Biennale um art installation and in the city when we were there with these beautiful large sculptures in different parts of different streets and in squares and there's a very famous sculpture in Bratislava which everybody must go and see called he's Kuman is his name and he's a sewage worker and he's climbing out of a sewer you know and and people stop by and and get their photos taken with this (laughs) this fabulous sculpture he's really funny really funny character and you know it's it's not easy to get lost and your guide will take your number and make sure that you're contactable because we had an adventure myself and himself on the last day because we we timed it perfectly to be in Munich when the beer festival was on the Oktoberfest and people were taking their options shopping and doing things and we said well we'd really like to go to the beer fest so we yes. had four hours and uh, it was like that old Furstenberg ad you know are we staying here long no we must leave in five, three hours and he directed us to, um, how to get there and uh, we went to Bavaria Park and there was like all the, the massive, fantastic bars set up and fairgrounds. And we, we had a remarkable afternoon. We met lovely people from Japan and from Canada and we're drinking our large, you know, tumblers of beer. And then we got this little text very politely from Mark. Reminder, be at the plague statue um, at five o'clock or the taxi fare is 90 euros to the, <laughs> to the airport. <laughs> So we we were back on time because you have to be on time because, you know, you you have to think of other people, too. Oh, and, you know, you have to. It, that's a very important part of river cruising. You're all, work, you know, together, enjoying it together. And you don't want to be uh, be late. But, uh, yeah, he was he was just very kindly reminding us. So we, we, we left on time and we, we met up. <laughs> and looking at the website, there seems to be very good feedback. People seem to get on very. The guides seem to really look after everybody. So. What I found from speaking to guests, and I've been on about four or five tours now, travel department, a lot of the guests are repeat customers. We could talk for ages and share travel stories, but we're kind of running out of time. But um, yeah, I totally get your enthusiasm. I have the same, and I will really look forward to uh, to doing another river cruise. So. And of course, the travel department have so many different river cruises available in 2023, whether you're going in a gang, just on your own, just as a couple. There's an awful lot to choose from, some really exotic destinations. I strongly suggest everyone checks out traveldepartment.com forward slash river cruise holidays. So listen, lovely to talk to you, Michelle. It's lovely to talk to you, Marie. You really you brought me right back there yes, having this discussion. It's been lovely.
Here's to the next. Maybe we'll make it on one ourselves sometime. I think we have a similar bucket list now, so maybe we should get working on that. I think we do. I think we do. Lovely to talk to you, Marie. Lovely to talk to you too. Thank you very much, Michelle. Safe travels. So that's another item on the ever-growing bucket list. But how does guided travel work and how did it become big business in the Irish market? Claire Doherty is Product Director at Travel Department and I talked to her in Travel Department's Dublin offices. Travel Department is an escorted tour operator for groups of people who want to visit a destination and get the most out of their holiday. So you have a guide throughout. And what's the company's background? How did it uh, arrive at that particular business model in the travel business? So uh, Bob Paul, who was our founder, who's an Irish man, uh, came up with the idea. He noticed that there was a niche in the market. There was uh, people wanting to go to the Grand Prix and actually the logistics of arranging something like that between getting your flights, getting to the destination when you get there, getting a hotel when an event like that is on, Getting your tickets uh, was difficult, uh, but there was a lot of people wanting to do it. So he started out with arranging group flights, group coaches and group tickets and hotels for people wanting to do the Grand Prix and had such an uptake and became so busy that he then started looking at other areas where this was also, you know, a good solution for people who really just wanted a one-stop shop where they could go, right, this is everything I want to do and I want it to be done for me. Uh, and it just grew from from sort of Grand Prix to holidays in Italy and now worldwide. And from those very niche beginnings, what has it grown to now? Uh, so now it has grown to a company that has over 175 different tours all over the world uh, and a variety of types of tours. So we have your sort of regular cultural, historical tours, um, we have short breaks, city breaks, um, going to places like Iceland where you include the Northern Lights excursions, you know, kind of a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, and in particular, the long haul tours to places that, you know, are far more difficult for people to arrange themselves. So Asia, South Africa, you know, South America, even as far as Australia and New Zealand. So essentially you're adding value by providing specialist knowledge uh, where it really counts. Absolutely. So if you're looking for seven nights on the beach, that's not us. You can do that yourself if you wanted. Uh, I, I would recommend a travel agent regardless. But what we really do is we get local expert knowledge and you have a local expert guide. So it's for people who want to make the most out of their trip. It's people who want to see the sites, see the interesting spots, go to places that you maybe can't just go to if you do your own flight and hotel, something a little bit more out of the way. And we organize all of that. So you don't have to think about anything. You just book your holiday in the knowledge that you'll be picked up and brought to where you need to go. And you'll be given all of the relevant, interesting information and some local tidbits that you wouldn't be able to find just yourself with, with the local guides that we use. And it's really for those people and people who want, who like being with other people on their holidays, to be able to, you know, join in, have a bit of crack, get to know new people, all while having everything arranged for you and having no worries. And is the demand for added value products in travel um, a, a trend? I think it always will be. You, you will always have people who want more than just going to a place and staying in a hotel. You know, people who are curious and 
interested in different cultures. You know, going to somewhere like Spain for beach holiday is fantastic and it's great and it's relaxing. Uh, but, you know, being able to take in the Tuscan hills in Italy and go to eat in places where the locals might go, that's a very, very different type of holiday. And people can do both. You might decide when the summer we'll do our sun holiday, but actually I'd like something a little bit more interesting and intellectual and just to get more out of it. And of course, perhaps the really big change in uh, travel habits over the last few decades is that we're all travelling just much more, much more often. Absolutely. People rarely now take just one trip a year. Um, I, I would say an average of two to three trips. One of them might only be a weekend away. Another one could be a two week sort of long haul holiday. But travel is more accessible. It is cheaper than it was before. Uh, everywhere, certainly within the EU and that is just it's almost not considered a holiday when you just pop over to Europe for a few days. City breaks obviously are one very big trend over the last few decades and uh, that's one area where of course you can add quite a lot of value by providing local knowledge. Absolutely and on our three night city breaks we only include one half day city tour but it's an orientation tour so when you arrive in the city you get your local guide who'll bring you around and go right here are all the different things and then you have your own time after that to go back to somewhere that might spark an interest for you you know if you go to Prague we did they do a quick sort of tour of the Jewish quarter which is absolutely fascinating and you could spend hours in in the museum there alone so you get your city tour and they go okay well this is where this is and that's they give you some history and they give you some interesting tidbits but it's just enough that then when you have your free time which we include on all our tours there's always leisure time it's not like every minute of every day is booked up you can then back to somewhere that you might want to spend more time in yourself so I I went to Bratislava on one of our river cruises and we went to Bratislava and we were just walking around a, a square that sort of looked like an average square but the, the insight that the guides was giving us about the origins of the building was make it far more interesting than if you were to just walk around looking going well that's I mean it's an old building that's great but they could tell us the history behind it and that is what really made it interesting. Yeah. Well, that certainly makes the uh, case for guided travel uh, very well. But what's this costing the customer? Well, it's not that it's an additional cost. I mean, you, you get what you pay for, but our holidays are not that much more expensive and the, the, than if you were to try and do it yourself. In fact, it could be cheaper because we are buying in bulk. We're, you know, it's group travel. So you get we get discounts because we send numerous groups all throughout the year. We get groups rates with the airlines and, you know, the local companies we use. So in fact, if you were, if you were to try and put the same thing together and pay for just a local guide just for you, and if you were to try and get yourself from A to B every different day, for sure, it would end up more expensive and you would have the time and the hassle of trying to procure all of that yourself and, you know, make sure that you didn't miss anything or, you know, I mean, heaven forbid something happens with your flights, which, you know, we know can happen. As a tour operator, we will make sure that if your flight is cancelled or if it's changed by a day, that we will make sure that your tour is then amended accordingly or changed dates or something to suit you or you get your money back if, if it's a case that we can't run the tour. So if, again, if you had booked things independently and your flight is cancelled, you don't get a refund on all your independently booked hotels or guides or excursions. I think it may come as a surprise to a lot of people that you can actually save money by booking with a specialist. Uh, I think the general perception is that uh, the cheapest way to travel, the most cost-effective way to travel, is to actually do it all yourself online, which is, again, one of the major trends of, of recent times. 
I mean, we, we get net rates the same way that Tesco get cheaper rates for their stuff that they buy in bulk and they sell on. It's, you know, it's not that you have the option of getting the cheaper rates if you go directly to someone yourself because you're only one person. Um, we definitely, but also, you know, time is a factor. People's time is expensive. You know, if somebody were to try and do what we do, you know, we have a, a team of six product people who have been working as some as long as 20 years doing this and it still takes them weeks and weeks, sometimes months to put together a new itinerary to make sure that every single little thing ties in. That depending on the time of the night you arrive, that you have food waiting in the hotel when you get there, and that you're not up too early the next morning, and that if you want to go up to the top of a mountain, that you're not going at midday in the heat, you know, all of these tiny little things. And we've all made those mistakes and others very similar. Thanks, Claire. That's it from Travel Pod for this episode. My thanks to Mairead, Michelle and Claire. See you next time. An will phone poke a newowet, an will knappy no fum nis orjoet, nis eskalehusaj, faker no phone intakata gwin, an sho, egg daro, an von klishte is dani, gidi gohan la hai glina, agus taskina, ta rod egen gogachtina, ta nismo olis egg daro.com.